Hi, I'm Grant Dufresne, and welcome to Dufresne Ministries podcast channel. We believe that as you listen to this message, your faith will be stirred and you will be encouraged in whatever you are believing God for today. Stay tuned at the end of this message to find out more information about our ministry. Why don't we turn first? Let's go to Matthew chapter 26. I would like... I would like us to look at three things tonight. To title this message, What Are You Moved By? What are you moved by? These are not the only three things that we, I say we, human nature, all of us can be moved by, but these are three that just seem to come to mind. Uh, as I was meditating. And so uh, we look here, Matthew 26, verse 47. And the Amplified says, And he, as he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve apostles, came up, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I shall kiss is the man. Seize him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, Hail, greetings, good health to you, long life to you, master. And he embraced him and kissed him with pretended warmth and devotion. Jesus said to him, Friend, for what are you here? Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. Behold, one of those who were with Jesus reached out his hand and drew his sword and strike the body, striking the body a servant of the high priest cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, put your sword back in its place for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. We know this was Peter. And we know that Peter cut off the ear of one of the servants of the high priest because Peter was responding to his emotions. Number one, tonight we're gonna talk about our emotions. Because I think this is the first place people go to to see how they're going to react, how they're going to act, how they're going to think, how they're going to feel. They decide how they're going to feel based off of an emotion. They, they pick the one that suits their situation the best. Let me pick the emotion that suits what they did to me the best. I'm going to go with anger. You know, uh, they were good to me. I'm going to go with the emotion of joy and happiness. We're talking carnal happiness. Uh, Things went good today. I'm going to pick hunger. Oh, I mean, no, that's not an emotion. That's every day. I eat happy, sad, whatever, doesn't matter. That's my go-to emotion. We should say that way. But we pick our emotions based off of what life has given us, based off our needs, based off our situations, based off our family, based off our spouse, uh, based off the news. Uh, We base our emotions off of so many different things. That's why... We call them emotional people. Emotional people, you know, I, just be committed. Pick one for the day and hold it. You know what I mean? 
Just be faithful. If you're upset, just don't be giving, be straight with me. Don't be giving me no roller coaster ride. You know what I mean? But emotions, when we're talking about emotions, uh, it boils down to the fact that we let circumstances determine how we're going to respond. And the emotional arena is the mental arena. It's the carnal arena. If you can't get it across to your mind, because your spirit man knows this, but your renewed mind needs to understand that an emotion-driven life is a carnal life. It's a carnal life. You know, tears for everything. You're up, you're down. You know, you get, you're on a high, you know, single girls get on a high when a young man pays attention to them and the second they ignore them, they're, they're tears on the floor, you know. This is emotions, emotions. There's no validity, you understand. There's no scripture that's gonna back up your carnal response. There's no scripture to it. You wanna watch the news and get in your emotions? There's no scripture to that. There's man's facts. There's facts of this world. If you want to live by the facts of this world and what's going on in this nation and what's going on in this state and what's going on with where you live and what you and your, your homeowners association and they sent you a letter and I don't like this and I don't like that. If you want to dictate your mood based off of that, you got a rough, rocky road ahead of you. But the point we're going to make tonight with these three things is you're missing the leading of the spirit. We're going to talk about three things and how they affect people being led by the Spirit. Because it's not just about you putting down your emotions. It's about you missing the leading of God. People don't realize when they live in their emotions, they're forfeiting an answer from heaven. They're forfeiting a leading from their spirit. Every time you tap into the carnal arena, you are missing out on something God is saying to you. And you'll respond, Peter, okay? These are his emotions coming out. Because you know what it was? It was the plan of God that Jesus be taken. It was God's plan. He was missing, because his emotions, he was not paying attention to what God was doing. He was missing what God was doing. He still didn't get it. I believe one of the reasons Peter betrayed Jesus three times was because he started this whole process in his emotions. <laughs> he started the whole thing out of the carnal. Now we know this, he wasn't uh, a, renew, a born again spirit being yet, but he had been with Jesus. He had heard the word. He had heard enough, eat my flesh, drink my blood. Jesus had said to all of them, hey, I'm gonna be killed. Told him, let everybody know. Some didn't get it. Most of them, it went over their head. They didn't have the revelation yet to receive that. But here we are, and they're taking Jesus, and he had enough. He had heard enough to know that something was going to change. He wasn't going to be there. He said, I, I'm not going to be with you always. 
So he could have tapped into what's going on. Let me see how Jesus is responding to this. I'm going to respond how he's responding. I'm going to go with where he's going. I'm going to be led by his lead. If you learn to be led by the Holy Ghost lead instead of your emotions lead, you can get a lot further a lot faster. I'm going to go with, he had that choice. I think he struggled and betrayed Jesus because he already recognized, I, I responded right away, cut that guy's ear off. Jesus healed him. I felt like a schmuck after that. You know, Jesus heals the guy. You're trying to look like you're some valiant savior and you're the man of the hour. And uh, he had already responded from the wrong place. So it just snowballed. Do you understand? When you respond out of your emotions and that's your habit, guess what you're going to do the next time and the next time and the next time. You're going to continue to respond out of emotion. And so we have to realize that emotions don't just, just stay with one arena. Well, I'm only mad about this one thing. Yeah, but you being mad about this one thing, it's not going to stay with that one thing. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to bleed. It's going to fade into everything else. And so we see from then on until, really, until he got filled with the Holy Ghost, did we see this transformation happen with Peter. Peter was an emotional guy. You know, we don't have time to look through all of that. He was an emotional guy. He was a, a passionate man. Peter was all in or all out. He's either with you or denying you. <laughs> he's either walking on the water or he's drowning. You know, he's either in or out of the boat. He, Peter was fully committed whatever he was going to do. I, I, a lot of people, you know, we, we can look at Peter's shortcomings and his failures, but I tell you, Peter was always the first to respond, be it good or bad. And eventually, when he got filled with the Holy Ghost, that response turn for good. This is the key we're talking about. The Holy Ghost, the leading of the Holy Ghost. Peter learned with the help of the Holy Ghost to put that emotional, uh, responsive side, that quick, you know, make a quick draw out of that carnal nature. Uh, I always pictured, you know, you kind of picture John as more of a slower, level-headed, just his natural makeup, just... John probably was a floater, just moving real slow and, you know, really thought things through, not moved by a whole lot, just, just naturally. But Peter was the one who was able to get up and give the great sermon and see on the day of Pentecost so many get born again. So I want you to understand that tonight if you say, hey, I am on this emotional side. This is me. You're talking to me in this one arena. God is not looking for you to become a, a no personality, you know. He's not looking to change you in the sense of you just become Boringville, you know. You, and nobody wants to be around you anymore because I can't, I can't be emotional. I can't be emotional. I can't be emotional. No, our joy, our thrill in life, our excitement, uh, our passion comes from being full of the Spirit comes from being full of the word of God, full of the things of God. 
so that our first response is from our spirit. Our first response is from the place that we have been made new. We're not new up here. This has to be transformed. It's never, it's never gonna stay new. It's gotta continually be changed. So the spirit man has been made new. This is where we wanna respond. If you wanna have a quick response, learn to be keen to hearing from the spirit and following the spirit so that your first response is from your spirit. When you hear bad news, your first response, from the Spirit. That you're like Peter. I used to respond quickly out of my emotions. I used to be angry. I used to be short-tempered. But now I'm quick to say, praise God, it's going to be all right. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging for bread. When, When the righteous run into the name of Jesus, we are rescued. We are saved. I'm not moved by what they say to me. The love of God has been shed abroad in my heart. The life of God is on the inside of me and shining bright from out, from on the inside coming out. You, your response, it's okay to be quick to respond. You just need to have the right, right quick response. So if you say, hey, that's me, I, I might respond a little bit quickly in the wrong direction. I've got a habit of you know, the tear, the, the waterworks are my first go-to. <laughs> Make sure you're learning to live out of here. Living out of your spirit. Um, let's see. To be moved by emotions is to forfeit the leading of the spirit. Your emotions will push down a leading while a leading from God and his word by the spirit will settle your emotions. I'm going to say that again. To be moved by emotions is to forfeit the leading of the spirit. Your emotions will push down a leading. A leading comes up out of your spirit, but emotions will push that down. You'll either miss it or you'll dismiss it. That's what emotions will cause you to do. You'll either miss the leading or you'll dismiss the leading. Your emotions push down the leading from God and his word, uh, but from God and his, a leading from God and or his word by the spirit will settle emotions. So emotions can't do anything for a leading, but a leading can take and settle emotions. The word can settle your emotions. The Holy Spirit can help bring the emotions under control. Your emotions have no power to see a a leading fulfilled or to carry out a leading. But a leading can take, and when it feels like, and all the senses, all hell's breaking loose, everything seems to be going wrong, the, the leading from God and the leading from the word in one scripture, just one, One word, the Holy Ghost, it says, Grant was talking about him last week. He will bring to your remembrance. I I said the Bible school today, it's not really an issue many times of you not having the word in you. It's just you need the Holy Ghost help to draw out the word that's in there. So what does he do? If you'll tap into the leading, you know, instead of the emotions, instead of the mental arena, that leading from the spirit will settle the direction your your mind and your body want to take. So the Holy Ghost is here to help transform us. The Word of God transforms our mind, and the Holy Spirit transforms who we don't like that we are. 
you know. How many of you have ever said, I don't like what I just did, what I just said. I don't like how I responded. I don't, I don't even like how I thought. I don't like that. You know, there's been many times I've gone to God and said, I don't like that person. Not that person, this person. <laughs> God, I don't like that person that I saw coming out of myself. I don't like that person. And uh, the emotions will cause other people to not like you and you not to like you. You'll become unhappy with yourself. Because no spirit man can be satisfied living out of the natural man. No spirit man will ever be content and at peace living out of the carnal man. <clears throat> so we see this in Matthew. What about Moses killing the Egyptian? He, he kind of started, some, some things are starting to rise up. He had been raised in Pharaoh's house, but he starts noticing, hey, these people aren't being treated right. These are my people. And they're not being treated right. So I'm going to go kill, kill me an Egyptian because that's going to feel real good. <laughs> you know, his emotions got involved. And he had to be removed out of that situation for a while. For a long while. Yeah. You know, what do we disqualify ourselves in moving forward with with God because of our emotions? What's holding you back from the next thing that God has for you? Is it, you think it's the devil, and the person that's guilty is right here. A lot of people blame the devil for their issues. And it's their own carnal nature that's held them out of where they can go with God. When we speak, when we act, when we think, when we plan, when we move out of the natural man... And we don't bring our emotion, it, our emotions are not brought under the subject of the word and the spirit. We're going to have man's plans, man's actions, man's thoughts. I want God's plans. I want God's thoughts. I want God's actions. Amen? Emotional people, they struggle to become wise people. We've got a whole, a whole uh, book in here on wisdom. You can't be wise and be emotional at the same time. Because uh, they take from the outside what happens from the outside and process it through their mind, where wise people take and process it through the word. They process uh, through the spirit. What's the spirit saying about this? What's the word say about this? You know, I want to be, we want to all be, my husband taught the last two weeks on humility. And we can see all of us within these, these messages, we can all see something you know, within ourselves that we want change. We can see where, where some things are holding us back because of a lack of humility in all, arena, all different arenas. And you say, I, I want to be, I don't want to, I can see where pride has been in this area and pride, a lack of gratitude in this area. And I want to change that. Well, you have to start first with maybe some of these things, recognizing you know what, I, I'm not going to become any more humble if I don't learn to stop having quick responses every time I'm angry. If I don't stop saying everything that comes to my thought life when I want to say it and how I want to say it. You know, if I easy, get easily offended. We saw that on, on, on Sunday with the Canaanite woman. She wasn't easily offended. Faith people are not easily offended. Because they're after their one thing, their miracle. Faith people have their eyes set on one thing, and that's God. God and his word. 
I need God, I need his word, and no matter what you say, I really don't hear it. I'm not, I'm not living out of my emotions, I'm living out of my spirit. Because my spirit man has grabbed a hold of my miracle. My spirit man, your mind can't grab a hold of a miracle, but your spirit man can. Your spirit man can grab hold of everything that you need in God. And see, that's why, why spiritual people, faith people are not easily offended. They're too busy living out of their spirit, holding on to the promises of God, that things that come into their emotions go right in and out, right in and back out. I got time for that. Even the master himself couldn't offend her. And that's where her miracle, see, it wasn't her mind that laid hold of Jesus, it was her spirit that was laying hold of him. See, if your spirit man lays hold to the local church and hold to the pastor and hold to where God puts you, you won't be offended. If your mind, if you, you come here for emotional support, you come here for a pat on the back, you come to church for, uh, to feed some carnal side of you, it'll let go easy. It's no different with Bible school students, same thing. If they come to Bible school for the fellowship, that's fine. But if that's all you're coming for is fellowship, your spirit man has got to make sure it has grabbed hold because there's miracles connected to that. Amen? Uh, number two, the number two thing that people are moved by. I, and I've been guilty, all three of these. these. These, again, these go back to this, the carnal nature, the human nature. And we're going to clarify this because this may right out the gate not sound like something that would be a negative, but I want to present this in a certain way. Number two is desire. People are moved by their desires. Well, pastor, I thought the Bible says whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. Well, the issue comes in. Yes, you desire it. But what happened when you prayed? Do you have a scripture based off what? You got desire, but God, oftentimes he authors desires in us. And that's what, with Abraham and Sarah, God had authored a desire. They wanted a child. Not only did they want a child, but then God says, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. So he's feeding that desire. But what happened was, is that desire led them to a natural carnal path that they decided. So we're going to talk about desire. They can be from God. You can have desires that you prayed about. But as time passes, you start letting the desires lead you and not God lead you. I got a desire to have a house. I got a desire to have better finances. I've got a desire. And what do you decide to do? That desire gets stronger than your revelation of the word of God. I'm going to say that again. That desire to have a home, to have a new car, to have something, that desire becomes so strong that it's stronger than the revelation of the word. You cannot let your desire become stronger than your revelation. The revelation of the word based on that desire. Why did it take us six years to get into a home? Because our desire for a home couldn't be stronger than the revelation to sustain it. The revelation had to be stronger to sustain the desire that God put in there. We needed the revelation not just to sustain it, but to purchase it. Does that make sense? 
But people, they get, they sense a desire in their heart. They sense a desire to get married. So what do they do? They put action to that desire. You know, and then you got some folk, they won't put no action, no desire. And you're going, you know, he doesn't walk in with the sign, you know. They're not number labeled. Find your number. You know what I mean? And like, uh, what's the matching game? You know, you flip it over. We can't do that for you. You got to put a little bit, ask somebody out. You know what I mean? So with desire, what happens with, with desire is people sense these desires. God puts desires in your heart. He wants to give you He wants to give you. He wants to give you. What do you desire? He wants to give it to you. Don't look to man to give it to you. Don't look to what you can do to get it for yourself. People, as time passes, faith is perfected in our patience. It's perfected. I'm looking for perfect patience and perfect faith, I'm looking for perfected faith not to have my desires fulfilled. The day you decide that, that was, a, that was just a decision I had to make. Father, I got a lot of desires, but you know what? <laughs> I've come to the conclusion, the men of faith who are still here and, or have, have shown longevity that have gone on to heaven, the men and women of faith who have longevity in the body of Christ are ones who were not impatient. My longevity is in my patience. I will never let my desire rise up over my revelation. So as long as my desire that he he wants to fulfill, he wants to give me the desires of my heart. As long as I'm looking to him to give me those desires, then what he's going to do is keep giving me revelation. So that when, when it's time, I can sustain that desire. I can, re- I can receive my desire. He was waiting for them to get to a place where they could receive that desire. But see, they let the desire override the time for the revelation. And so they went out on their own. They did it on their own. And they had a mess. That's what happens. People get themselves in messes. They have a desire to have their own business. They have a desire to, you know, get in a home, get a new car, uh, move jobs, uh, you know, whatever. Get married. All the, the natural things that we have human desires. And God wants to fulfill those desires. I don't know, go on a vacation. Whatever, whatever your heart's desire. You understand the devil's going to try to derail that. He's going to try to push you through impatience. That's God leads through patience. The devil leads through impatience. When you get impatient about something, it's not God. It's not God. God leads us through perfect patience. He's in no hurry. You know, did you know this? Even when we're behind, he's so patient to let us catch up. Because once we catch, see, God is a God. Can I tell you something? God is a God of acceleration. The devil, he's the author of deceleration. When you act out of impatience, what it does to your life is it, you, you decelerate, you, you slow down. 
When people step out and get impatient and want to make something happen for themselves because of a desire that actually God put there, but now they're acting on their own. They're being moved by that desire instead of being moved by God. Things start to slow down in their life. But see, God, even if we're behind, he's a God of acceleration. So as long as we obey and we're gaining revelation, gaining revelation, Father, I know that desire is there, but I can't get ahead of the revelation. I know I'm, I may be behind in this, but I thank you, Father, you're helping me catch up. You're the God of it. See, as soon as we can step out in some things on God's terms, acceleration. He will make up the time. Amen? So... We can't be moved in a wrong way by desire. We can't be moved apart from the Spirit. This is what I want to go back to. The Spirit of God will lead you with, in line with your desires. He'll help lead you and guide you into the perfect plan with that desire. Uh, go to Mark chapter 9 real quick. Mark chapter 9. Mark, we're going to see with the disciples here, and my husband, Brother Stephen, Reverend, Reverend, he doesn't like when I call him that, Reverend, the Reverend was painting today, the Reverend was cutting trees today, thank you, Reverend, <laughs> Mark chapter 9. Uh, this is when the, the demon-possessed boy, look at verse 14, Mark 9, 14. When, they came, or when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running uh, to him, saluted, saluted him. And he asked, what, uh, what question he? So he's got the multitude around. They've seen what's gone on, from what I understand, with the disciples. Uh, what they couldn't do. It says, And one of the multitude answers said, Master, I brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wherever, uh, wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth, gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. So here we see um, that they are desiring to do like Jesus. They're desiring to do the works of Jesus. I'm sure it was a sincere heart that they wanted to see this boy get set free, get delivered. But uh, we won't, I don't want to get into the actual, you know, the details of what happened. But if you look over in verse 29... It says, and he said unto them, Jesus said to the disciples, this was when they asked him privately, why couldn't we do this? This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Now there's the revelation. There's the revelation. Prayer and fasting. They didn't get the revelation of how this was to be done. They had a desire because they've been with Jesus. There's compassion in their hearts. They want to see this boy set free, but they don't have the revelation yet. If you look over in Luke, right after this happened was when he taught them and sent them out, the 70 out, and they came back and said, even the demons are subject. So there was more teaching that they needed to get. There was more revelation that they needed to get before they went out 
Does that make sense? And started setting people free. This one was through prayer and fasting, and then he gave further instruction on how to use his name. You know, there was other instruction that needed to come. Don't ever step out before all the revelation and instruction comes to you. That's why it's dangerous for students to come and do one year. That's why it's not good for them to not, you know, ask the Holy Ghost, do I need to, to stay for another year after Bible school? You need to find out what the Spirit of God has to say about your life. So they needed more instruction uh, in obedience to what God was going to have for them. No doubt they were tapping into what was to come, the, their ministries. They knew that was coming. And uh, so I look at this and I say, oh, even in the things of God, you can't step out before it's time in anything. Uh, look at her. So let me say this, be moved by revelation and a knowing in your spirit, not by desire. Don't be moved by emotions and don't be moved by desire. Draw out of the word, feed on the word from your desires. You know what I'm saying? Get in, cause your desires to, to, to thresh you and get you further into to the things of God. You want to be married, you want a house, you want a, uh, your own business. Let the desire for your own business drive you and, and stir you to getting into more, more of what God's word says. Let the desire push you in your fellowship with the Father. Let your desires stir you to spending more time in praying in the Spirit. I desire something, so I'm going to, I, I so desire, instead of stepping out, I'm going to pray it out. I'm going to pray it out. A lot of times people just want to go and get a desire and they step it out and they don't ever pray it out. Number three, people are moved by knowledge. Knowledge without a leading or peace, we could say that is like a boat without an oar. There's nothing to steer you. You can come to me with every fact in the book, but if you jump in that boat and start heading down that river and you don't have an oar, you're going to be spinning, hitting the side. You have nothing to steer you. That's what people do. They get a little bit of knowledge, get a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of education, a little bit of knowledge of something that, you know, they're, the, the direction that they're going. Get a little bit of knowledge, and they just jump right in. But did the Spirit tell you to move? Or are you being led by your knowledge? Hey, this thing looks like a good deal. Okay, that's good knowledge. But is there peace? Because you're going to take that deal, and then you're going to be like you sitting in a, bo a boat with no oar. You're gonna, that deal is going to throw you all over. You're going to be flipping and flopping around from shore to shore, never gaining momentum. And never really getting any, you, you, you'll make progress, but it'll be slow. You know, and then you may have to get out and regroup. You may have to get out of that deal that looked real good. You know what I'm saying? Likewise, something could look terrible according to knowledge. Foolish, downright silly. And the spirit of God says, do it. He leads you to step out, not according to man's knowledge, 
but according to his knowledge. See, man's knowledge can only see so far. God's knowledge sees forever. I'd rather tap into the forever knowledge instead of the, the, the temporary knowledge. You know, don't base your decisions off the knowledge that the news is giving you. Please. First of all, you can't trust it. Second of all, they're not God, the Spirit, and Jesus himself, and they can't see. They may say they can see where things are going, but they don't know everything. And not only that, they don't know the plan that God has for your life. They don't understand God's retirement plan. They don't understand God's prosperity plan. They can't calculate that. They can't calculate God's good deals. <laughs> so we can't be led by knowledge. Uh, Peter obeyed. Going back to Peter, bless him. We've talk, <laughs> talked about Peter here every, every time. Peter obeyed, but within the context of his knowledge. He cast down one net. He had knowledge that they had fished all night. He obeyed. How many times do we do that? Guilty. I obeyed, but I brought in the context of my knowledge. You know. So he missed out on a lot more because he obeyed, but with his knowledge, I'm going to let down one net. Because that way I didn't disobey, but I, I don't have to go gather up too many nets if it doesn't work. I don't have to, I don't have to spend any more effort. We're trying to protect our time. We're trying to protect our effort, our reputation. Trying to protect, he's trying to protect his reputation. Why? Because if he sets out too many nets and there's not as many as... Jesus seemed to allude to, the leading was there for, then I don't look like an idiot gathering up empty nets. See, he's going off his knowledge. How many times do we do that? Ooh. We, we, we make decisions based off our knowledge. I can't do that. I can't, I can't do that because of these finances. I can't do that because of my physical limitations. That's your knowledge. Go with the leading. Go with the revelation. You have to understand, if you're pressing into revelation, you're going to have to act one of these days. <laughs> you can't just sit in the boat, okay? Instead of talking out of knowledge, try worshiping and speaking out of your spirit. You get knowledge of something, something you don't like, some bad news, something bad on the TV, something. Instead of talking out of the knowledge you just gained, why don't you turn your attention towards heaven, turn your attention towards your spirit, and start ministering to God. Instead of thinking about your knowledge, that's what we do. I'm guilty. I just think about all the knowledge of all the numbers and all the things that are coming up and all the things we got going on. And I think about all that knowledge that I can see in my head. And I have learned it gets you nowhere quick. I'm going to set my knowledge aside and I'm going to turn my attention and worship out of the revelation that's in my heart. Father, you're faithful. Father, you're so good. Father, I know that your perfect plan is coming to pass in my life. Holy Spirit, you're my helper and you are helping me today. You are leading me and guiding me according to God's perfect will. And you begin to rehearse to yourself out of your spirit, man, instead of based out of the knowledge that you have. Amen? 
Knowledge can be a blessing and knowledge can, can hold you back. So instead of talking out of the knowledge, try worshiping. Where we say, instead of talking and thinking out of knowledge alone, learn when to shut that knowledge down and start worshiping and speaking out of the revelation that's in your heart. Amen? Let's see. If we're emotional people, that's hard to do. Because any bit of knowledge that you get sits you right back into your emotions and then because you're in your emotions, you think you can have your own desires, bring those to pass. And it just becomes a vicious cycle of living out of the carnal man. You get worn down. You get exhausted. You make no progress or you make slow progress. And I want to see results for our lives, for the ministry. I want to be able to say to God, I'm, I'm being a faithful steward with what you've given me. Amen. That's really the goal, that we're being faithful stewards with the person of the Holy Spirit who's on the inside of us, that I'm letting him be himself. See, every time you're too busy being yourself, the Holy Spirit doesn't get to be himself. Every time you act out of yourself, then himself, the greater one. The spirit on the inside of you, he doesn't get to be himself. And see, when he's himself in my life, everything flourishes. My marriage is blessed. My children are blessed. My finances are blessed. The ministry is blessed. My body is blessed. Amen? He leads us and guides us into all truth. The Holy Ghost does. So my limited, about, my limited amount of truth up here... Uh, the truth of each situation, that's why people act out of their emotions is they're going based off the truth of right now. Oh, this is the truth right now, so I'm going to act out of right now. Don't live in that truth. Live out of his truth. Amen. I hope that helped you this evening with these three things. Hey, human nature, right? The human, uh, the human carnal man likes to show up to the party. <laughs> Every time. But we have something greater on the inside. We're not going to be moved by desire. We're not going to be moved by emotions. We're not going to be moved by natural knowledge. We will only be moved by what the Word of God says and what the Holy Spirit leads us into. Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defray Ministries.